0: We are accountable for our actions, as we exercise our moral agency. If we understand this principle and make righteous choices, our lives will be blessed. L. Lionel Kendrick
1: Bending, Not Breaking, Episode 7, Winter Solstice Part 1, The Spirit World for another episode... Back again! I am Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm Ben Pruitt. And this is another episode of Bending Not Breaking. Episode 7, The Winter Solstice, Part Uno. The Spirit World. And we are going in through a lens of what, Ben? Agency. Agency. What is agency? Agency. I think that
0: agency is having power and feeling empowered so feeling empowered to do things and take action Uh, that was my interpretation great
1: did you take it that way Uh, yeah essentially like doing something action was like yeah yeah just like putting things into action was kind of the lens I looked through yes so I'm excited to do that. This A lot of stuff goes down in this episode. There's a lot. Um, anytime there's a part one and part two, you know that there's going to be some things to unpack. You got major plot points. And they have a lot in this series of part one, part twos. Yeah, and so this was... It's a good one. For the first one in the series, if you're first watching it, like this is a good part one, part two to, to hit into. And you start to delve into the spirits behind everything. Yeah, I'm curious for you, like... It, you watched
0: episode one, you watched... Epi- you Blah, blah, blah. So at what point were you like, I'm hooked?
1: On av- on the series? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, probably Winter Solstice Part 2 was Taylor, the one that... The next like, episode. Mm-hmm. Once everything goes down at the end of that, that's where you're kind of... That's where I was personally like... I'm in. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed everything in the first couple episodes, but that's where I was like, I'm for sure finishing this series. I hear that. Um... But let's talk about Solstice Part 1. Yep. You've got a, a dwindling word recap. Sure To do. go through, and so that means that we're on Episode 7, which means that you have to recap this episode. So 14 words to recap this episode. Are you ready? I am ready.
0: Okay, on your mark, get set, go. Aang saves village by entering Spirit World
1: and learns how to find Avatar Roku. Wonderful. Done. If you think you've got a better one, post it on the Twitter. I believe in you. Um but that was beautifully done. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. You're so kind. Let's just jump right into the episode cuz that was a great recap, but let's see, let's dive down even Yeah, deeper. we got to dive deeper now. Uh and so the first thing that happens is we see our heroes are flying on Appa and Guitar is talking about just how beautiful these clouds are i wonder what would it be like oh it's so soft probably let me find out and then Aang says let me find out." so like right now off the bat we get agency yes from the very get absolutely go, we have someone says i wonder what this is like and Aang immediately goes i'll find out one and we talked about this before he's able to take the risk because of his own abilities like he yes. knows that he can um and so he does and he just comes back and says they're really wet turns out they're but, mostly water but let's <laughs> talk
0: about that for a second Katara also could have done that because she knows, maybe she doesn't know, but she could have done that and said, hey, I want to try this. Can you make sure Appa catches me? Yes. Right? And Aang probably would have been like, absolutely. Yeah. Right? And so I I think it's interesting because Katara did not have that sense of like, I have the power to do this and try this out.
1: And I also wonder though, this is super early on. We got to assume that this is what, a week or two into their travels? I don't know. It's not very far in. I don't... Like, time is not very clear in this series. But right. what we do know is to get from point one, episode one in season one, to episode... The last episode in season three, or yep. at the end of it all, is not a lot of time because Correct. that is part of the theme is that... he only has You only have six sol- months yes. from winter solstice right. to summer solstice. Exactly. Right? And so we know that that's likely probably at most it's been a month right um and so has that trust really built up that much over this That's amount fair, of time fair question so yeah should, could she have done it we're sitting here on our end going like, yeah absolutely I wonder what I say if, if even if I'm in that situation Will you catch me oh my God I'm about to jump into like skydive with no safety net yeah is a little bit different um but we get we get agency right off the bat so Aang jumps out, comes back, air dries himself off, and they land down in a, in a burnt down forest. Sure do. And Well, it's not only
0: burnt down, but it's like clearly deforested, yes. cleared in general, cut down, and seeming to have also been burnt. And
1: so like, gone. Yes. All you see are these like, stumps. And we immediately get the sense that Aang feels like a failure. Because he automatically says, "Ah, oh, this is this is my fault. I should I should be able to yeah be and- able to protect this and balance from this and, and I, That's a weird place for me to see him at. Well, this is the first episode where Aang
0: really is grappling with the burden of being Avatar. Right? He has had to you know deal with like his own personal issues. That was like the whole reason he went into his ice sphere in general. But, like, as a general rule, this is the first episode where we're dealing with a little bit of Aang's darkness. Yeah. Right? Normally, he's the happy-go-lucky... We saw it when he went to the Northern Air Temple. Or yeah. Or the Southern Air Temple. That, but that, the difference was there, it was, I'm happy, 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 grief into Avatar State. Right. And then, like, that was a huge, like, shift in the moment, and then he was, like, back to his old self. Right? And now what we see is we're living with Aang in this darkness, and it feels odd because that's not how we normally see he just
1: doesn't know what to do
0: and And we feel like he's lost a little agency here when
1: that's what so he was a he he did lose some because he was so ready to just jump in and find a solution for the first question that we get in the first 30 seconds now we get this sense of hopelessness where he's not willing to try anything um and he just doesn't know what he he even says like i don't know what i'm doing um and, and we have to sit there for a second in that binge dropping notes all over the place sorry y'all um and so we get a cutscene to zuko waking up or walking up on iroh in a hot spring yep and zuko tells him they need to leave uh Iro's like all right cool gets up a little bit of nudity joke Tee-hee-hee. zuko's like hey you know what take your time but you got 30 minutes. Let's be
0: real. You're being very kind to Zuko right now. He'll, oh, well, just take your time. No, he's like, all right, I can't deal with this. I'm going to go. You be there in 30 minutes. Yeah. angsty teen, more like.
1: Sure. Irrelevant is is really... This, well, c- this cutscene is a setup scene. Is
0: it irrelevant? Because I think what we see constantly between Iroh and Zuko is a very, very different philosophy on life. One... And, and I think that it this is a very clear picture of this. Like, Zuko is always rearing to go and has this sense of co- this compulsion to continue moving forward. And Iroh is consistently trying to monitor that and say, hey, you know, it's time to... Let's just hold back. Let's relax. It's not, like, just chill. Right? Right. And I wonder what that comes from is Zuko's... Zuko clearly feels a lot of agency about being able to do, his, like, complete his mission. Right. He wants to take action. He feels empowered. He feels a lot of agency, whereas I don't think Iroh in this instant doesn't have agency. I think he is just exercising something else that's preventing him from acting on that. Yeah. Or maybe is this his sense of I'm, I'm gonna take intentionally... Control of feeling, using my agency here to pull Zuko back. I am intentionally doing this to make sure that he relaxes
1: and chills out a little bit. Learns patience. How am I... To hang out, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not as irrelevant as it seems. Irrelevant. Nothing's irrelevant. Yeah, fair. Everything's intentional. Everything's a program. Um, and so, Zuko tells them they need to go and leaves Iroh and says be back in 30. They cut back to our heroes and Katara. Then just pelts ang in the head with an acorn hey you ready to cheer up yet no ow yeah acorn um and this uh she essentially talks to them about how this acorn inspires hope how these trees will grow back how there's all these seeds are all over the place um you know we just need to do something with them right like these seeds are there and so she inspires that hope and takes back a little bit of that agency and says hey something can be done about this Like this isn't hopeless we have we need to do something well and immediately Aang brightens up right because he has hope back he's yeah yeah you're right there is something we can do i'm not a complete failure and then the old guy comes up old guy comes up says hey i see you we've got some issues back in the village you're the avatar i saw your flying bison come with me and you'll be in a world of spirits Destroying
0: villages. <laughs> yeah, like, so this this village man really depends, this whole village depends on the Avatar, which I think this develops agency, right? So th- what I mean by that is this village, until Aang shows up, has no ability to deal with this. They are completely dependent upon A- Avatar Aang, and once they see him, they they then they take their action. Right? Yeah. And so it's interesting to me, like... The Acorn of Hope.
1: He is their acorn. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but it, this is also where he learns, like, hey, you're the Great Bridge, but but between the spirit world and the, and the human world. Yeah, this is really the first time we really, like, learn about the spirit world. And he is immediately put in with even, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you're the Great Bridge. Well, crap, now I really don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, and you see that in everything that he does from here on out. They tell them that this... Um, the spirit is coming and kidnapping someone every night and bringing them back into the forest. Well, I think, um, I'm, I'm curious about that, too. So why is this spirit abducting people? Well, we don't. that's the whole point is we don't know. Well, you have any theories? About why the spirit is abducting people? Yeah. Well, we learn later on that we took something away from the spirit. So I wonder if that that is the spirit's way of... Exacting revenge, but he gives them back as soon as
0: Aang says, "Hey, there's hope."
1: Yep. Right. Here's this acorn,
0: and he did the same thing Katara did to Hay-Bai. Yep. Right. And so, like, but for me, it. Where do I need to be emotionally to say I need to abduct people to get my message across? Right. And so, because (laughs) pretty dark place. Like, he's in. Like that. This spirit is in a really dark place. He's lost his home. Like this. His Entire area, like his living space, his is everything has been demolished. Well, he's also
1: him. destructing things every night. He's not just going in and stealing one person. It's, he is exactly, literally like he is repaying that debt. Yeah, and I feel like to me to be to have an eye for an eye mentality. Yeah, and that kind of
0: that kind of power, that kind of agency, that kind of feeling to take that need to take action on something is well, it, it's it is sending a message. Right, and I just question: is like is this okay in this moment that this is happening? Is this something that uh, that they can condone here? Is He-By taking it out
1: on the right people? And the answer is no, right? And the answer is it doesn't solve anything. Like had yeah. he, had he- by kept doing that over and over again, it would have solved nothing. Um, the fact that the Avatar showed up and then has a transformational experience throughout this episode. But we get Hei Bai, who's bouncing up and around, and, you know...
0: And how many other places around the continent, around the area, around the world, is this happening where the Avatar isn't?
1: hmm
0: Right? Right. How terrifying is that to think about? The spirits can
1: be everywhere. Right?
0: And so, just I, I'm just really...
1: So before the spirit even shows up, we get a cutback to Iroh, who wakes up, clearly waking up after his allotted 30 minutes. Oops! Doesn't care. I mean, if he does care, he's just kind of like, well, you know, super aloof. Yeah, he's not really, you know, very nonchalant about the whole thing. Um, and then out of nowhere, earth bending up into a trap for him, um, and he knows he's been captured. And we get the earthbender who says, "The once great dragon of the west." Yeah.
0: Well, and he also says, at some point, I don't know if it was right in this series, right in this moment, but. I don't deny that I it was like that I failed. I don't deny. Yeah, that.
1: Well, they talk about Bossing Se yeah. later on in the episode, and so here's we already get a little bit of them underestimating him. Definitely. Um, and he you're gonna see him use that to his benefit throughout the entire time that he's there. Um, so they capture smart him. guy. Oh, super intelligent, and we'll talk more about his agency and what he did along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get a cut back to the village.
0: Well, and I'm curious. Before that, like thinking about like the motivation of the Earth Kingdom, like is is he seeking revenge? Like, it, are are it, like, do they feel that they can do this because of their numbers? Like, they we are clearly have the uh, numbers to take this guy. Like, let's take him just because of what he did to our
1: village. Mm-hmm.
0: Boy, I'm just curious. Uh, you're at
1: war, right? And so you've got a general, or, or you know, or past Lord, general, past right? general, and, and Lord Ozai's brother is this a bargaining chip yeah absolutely and someone who has already attacked your kingdom yeah so at this point it's almost like you know you're considering it war crimes you're bringing back someone that's incredibly valuable um but we go back to the village and ang is is on his way of, of just kind of being like hey spirit anybody there it'll be fine nope clearly i don't know what i'm doing, and because of that there's no confidence there's no he has no ability of, of how to approach this thing he's never dealt with the spirit before mm-hmm. um but I even I even wrote down I know we talked about it either last episode or the episode before but you know that confidence breeds confidence yeah um and he's got no confidence in this cause because he's he got has no competence, competence in, right? in how to handle this um and then we get uh, an interesting moment where um Aang goes out to confront the spirit Sokka doesn't feel great about Aang being out there by himself. Um, and he goes out to help with Hey Bye. Yeah. And this is where I wrote down... Um, let's see what I have. Sokka going to help, despite having the right intentions... Doesn't have the know the know how to really be helpful. It ends up putting himself and others in danger. Well, it reminds so, me of
0: like first aid classes where like you have it, to make sh- like if you get into trouble, you're just creating two people in trouble instead of just one. Right, right? because
1: you don't even have the skill set on what to do. And so, w- what happens when that agency is when you have that agency, but it's almost um, it's arrogance, right? It's arrogance we yeah, talked about last episode. It's, it's arrogance over over that confidence because. You're sitting there like, I can go out there and help. He's got the right intentions. He ends up just putting himself at risk. And we see that because he immediately gets kidnapped.
0: Kidnapped and taken into the spirit
1: world, right?
0: Where only the Avatar
1: can get him out. And Aang chases. And can't get there. Crashes. And we, you know... Fumbles. We have them...
0: Fumbles into the spirit world, right? But, like, it's interesting to me because, like, his protective instincts get him captured. But, like, he felt that agency anyway to do to do something. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, just, I think it's interesting to think about, like, the lens as we think about
1: moving forward. Is like, when is agency helpful? And when is it hurtful? And when is it hurtful? Yeah. Because in that moment, he didn't help anybody and got himself kidnapped. And now yeah. Aang's got to go even further into this process. Yeah. And put himself at more risk. To figure out what's going on. And then we cut back to Zuko. We do. We cut back to Zuko, and he... Here's where you see action from him. Oh, man, must have been a landslide, which, uh... Duh. Like, that, like, Zuko being like, there's no... Like, look at this. This is clearly earthbending. Bending 101 right there, that that was not a landslide. Yeah. Um, and so he he knows, and he's gonna take action and go. Yeah, and then we also see Iroh here leaving breadcrumbs. Right? Well, yes. So throughout the this story arc he is oh I'm, I'm tired falls off the drops flip flop yep gets back up moves on forward in is leaving break so even when he doesn't have much agency to give well he even he's this, gonna give what he can even in this what
0: could be hopeless situation mm-hmm. he feels agency yep because either he's confident in Zuko which is what I'm thinking he's also confident in himself and his abilities yep right and so because of that confidence he's able to say hey i know that zuko is going to come after me like he feels so confident that zuko is going to come after him to the point where he is leaving these breadcrumbs like he's so compelled to leave these things because he knows someone's going to cares enough about him to come find him
1: yeah and we get a lot of exposition too about the war as this is going on and what happened and so you get a little bit of like this backstory on Iroh and how he couldn't defeat Bossing say And like, so you're starting to put together even the general historical pieces that are in this world that our story is taking place. And so we're starting to put pieces together there of like, oh, we're learning a little bit more about Iroh as this goes along. Or we're learning a little bit more about the war and how it started and took place. And yeah, world building is always a tricky thing in any,
0: whether it's a novel or it's a TV show. And this is done pretty darn well.
1: Yeah um and so he drops the flip-flop and um he leaves the sandal and then we get back and ang starts walking back to the initial village gets to katara and appa and the villager and realizes can't talk to him he can't talk to him and he can't be seen he doesn't know what to do and uh in this moment um we cuts back to zuko zuko discovers ira's sandal well, I think also thinking about the spirit world, like he realizes that he can't
0: airbend in the spirit
1: world. Well, not so, yes. So, what happens after that is he we see a dragon before that even takes place. Ah, oh, I need help. Like, I need help. Yep. And we see this dragon start to fly at him. Mm hmm. One, how important is this dragon? Very. Two, how important is it that? When you need it, it comes. you ask for help. Yeah. Like, like that's it. And I think that that's one of those things that we so... Agency can... Your action can be... Help a- me. Help me.
0: Asking for help. Yeah. um, And in a way, isn't that exactly what Iroh's doing? Is
1: he's leaving a trail saying, help me. Right. Along the way. Yeah. Right? And so you've got characters that are that are in situations that they feel are helpless and they are willing to ask for help and that is to their benefit. And I think that it's so funny that in most situations in our world, we try to ask for help as, as little as possible. Well, we
0: are so hyper... It's over-sensationalized right now to be independent, to be functioning on your own without needing anybody else, right? You want to walk alone. You want to not need anything, anyone, any support so that you can shine and be on your pedestal. Yeah. When really... In order for us to function as human beings, we must rely on other people. Absolutely,
1: right. Well, and we, you think it on um, job terms? Like, I don't want to ask my supervisor for help because does that mean I can't do my job
0: well? well. And does as that a mean supervisor, not a... as a supervisor, I feel way more trust in my employees when they say, "Hey, I need help on this." Yeah, absolutely. Because that tells me that they are willing and able to know where the line is of like, this will not be a good product for the people that I'm working for, right? This will not serve the people that I'm working for unless I get help on this, right? And so ultimately, we are going to be able to better serve our constituents if my staff asks me for help.
1: Yeah, well, so Aang asks for help. The dragon starts flying at him. He goes, all right, I gotta get out of here. Tries to airbend and fly away, realizes he can't gets confronted by this dragon well I find it's interesting in the
0: spirit world like the spirit world as a general rule is a teaching <coughs> tool right it's a the spirit world is a teaching tool and yeah. like and I don't know if it's a tool but it's certainly a you are meant to learn here because this you are working on a completely different level and you're functioning in a way that is different and you're working with a part of yourself that is not your physical self and so this is all mental, emotional work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so the fact that he can't bend is a really excellent metaphor for the fact that some of the work we have to do in order to become someone with with agency and with control and with power and to feel empowered, we have to do mental, emotional work. We can't just do physical work. Yeah. Right. In order to put things into action, we must
1: also think about our mental and emotional well-being and work on ourselves. Yes. Absolutely. And so he discovers, at this point, we get a little dragon whisker touch. Aang discovers that. The dragon whisker touch. The dragon whisker touch. <laughs> and Aang discovers that this is Roku's animal guide. Yeah. And says, Oh, can you take me to Roku? Hops on him, and uh, they start to fly away. When I find it interesting that
0: this is the first time, like, we didn't know that there was a spirit guide with every avatar. Well, we just knew that Aang had Appa. We didn't know that every one of them before had a spirit guide. Mm-hmm. And what this tells us is that every group, every avatar has some sort of spirit guide. And I, th- I find that interesting. Even they can't do it alone. Exactly. Right. Even they can't. Even do it the alone. Avatar, which is so focused on balance, has someone that is guiding them spiritually. Mm-hmm. I find that interesting.
1: Yep. And then as avatars flying to what we learn in the next episode is the crescent island and the um the fire nation temple Mm -hmm. we get this moment where iroh sees them flying he sees the spirits in the spirit world fly over his head and sees the avatar and roku's dragon and i'm gonna admit i did not catch this pretty much I don't recall catching this when so, I was watching this. Yeah, and so the, I don't even have an answer, but the question is, how is he able to see that? Um, and what does that tell us about Iroh? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've, I've gone on the interwebs. You've done some research. I've done some, well, I just essentially hit the message boards on Reddit and things like that and did some Reddit research. Um, and it seems like the general theory is that he is so in tune with his spirit um has spent time in the spirit world has spent enough time in the spirit world that he is likely to be able to see those things um well, on a more frequent basis because his connection is stronger and it is closer to the winter solstice, and we know because of that the line between the spirit world and the human world is as close as it can be so and so that also plays a part. I'm gonna
0: reference the next series. So if you have not seen that or if you don't wanna hear it, skip ahead about 15 seconds. But I'm gonna reference Legend of Korra and the fact that there are people, they dive a lot more deeper into the spirit world Mm -hmm. and seeing spirits is a more common thing in the next series. And I find it interesting to think about how some people have that just are spiritually connected and some people are not. And I think that it might just be a representation that Iroh is connected and aware
1: of himself. Yeah, and so at this point Iroh, wants to get away mm-hmm. or is again trying to slow them down hey my shackles are they are too loose Well, here's the deal <laughs> I don't think his intention was to get away
0: I think it's to slow him down I think his intention was to send another message to Zuko and leave another breadcrumb yeah I really think that he is not trying to get away but truly trying to get Zuko to find
1: him yeah there's a lot of trust there yeah there's so, a lot
0: of trust there
1: he goes my shackles are too loose can you oh, tighten them for me? Please. As he does, he does a little mouth breathing. <gasps> makes his shackles very hot. Burns the earthbender's hands. Um does a nice little fire kick out of his feet. Um sets ablaze some things, rolls down the mountain, finally gets caught. Well,
0: and here's the deal. Like I'm I am I'm convinced that if he wanted to, he
1: could have gotten away.
0: I think he chose not to.
1: Yeah that trust Zuko yes well then it gets to the part do you feel they're about to drop a rock onto his hands to keep him from bending anymore didn't look like he was doing anything to get out of that situation that we know of right yeah yeah. I agree with you but I like Zuko comes in and saves the day yes but before that even happens here's an important plot point that uh, is, is important to Zuko's character development Yes. Katara goes and searches for Aang and Sokka, cannot find them. She is on Appa. Zuko sees Appa, goes the Avatar, and still chooses to go Ooh, after his and, uncle. And he, like, starts to turn. turn. And then thinks on it, and then goes and goes after his uncle. Yeah. Um, which is a huge character development for him to, to care that much about his uncle. Well, it uncle. tells us a lot about their relationship,
0: right? Because if you had
1: asked me on episode one if he would have done that i'd be
0: like (laughs) no
1: he probably wouldn't have right but we've had he went through the agni kai he's gone through all these moments where iroh has been there to be supportive and is trusting in him and is intentionally holding back or we believe is intentionally holding back in situations so that zuko can learn and move and progress forward um and because of all this, there's been a strong relationship built over the past seven episodes. Mm-hmm. And he genuinely cares about Uncle Iroh's safety and well-being. Yeah. Um, because Uncle Iroh is the only character in his life, family member in his life, that has treated him with trust, respect, um, compassion, with, 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 with the, he ca- You can
0: tell he cares about him. Yeah. Like the, the care is visible, right? Which means that all the things that are invisible that they feel between each other, that we have to just assume, but like their experience is visible.
1: Yeah, so that's a really big moment that Zuko is choosing to go after Iroh, and ends up, had he taken five more seconds, it looks like Iroh would have lost his hands. Well, I think it's a really good illustration of exactly what Iroh is trying to teach
0: Zuko, right? Zuko, Iroh is trying to teach Zuko to ha- be patient and to, to know that he can d- take time. He can still live his life and achieve his goals right. if he wants to.
1: Yeah. Um, we finally get to the Air Temple, or not to the Air Temple, to the Fire Nation Temple. As Aang and Roku's dragon are in the temple, Aang realizes it's a calendar and that he has to be in the temple on the solstice to talk to roku um and that's where he he knows what he has to do that he flies back gets back to the village or gets back to the panda physical realm physical realm um wakes up goes back to the village gets to katara says hey i don't have Sokka." it becomes nightfall the spirit comes back he immediately does a fun little flip touches the spirit yeah he just i I think that experience
0: allowed him and taught him just enough to know that how to empathize with this creature Mm -hmm. right and i think that he approached it in a way that was he didn't do any special avatar thing nope just right had a spiritual connection he literally just saw The and I think this is really important here. You you, when he touches him, he sees through the guise that everybody else can see Mm -hmm. and sees the the panda on the inside. Right, right. And I think so much about how we treat children, like children that are acting out, children that are having a tough day, and that's all we see is we see a bad child.
1: We see that with adults. We too. see it with
0: adults too. But like having worked with children for so long, and this yeah. is just my gut lens, is one of those things where like we see.
1: The it is actions. our it is
0: our job to see what the child could be, right? The potential in the child and what they can become, right? And that's what Ang sees. He mm-hmm. sees
1: the best version of what this spirit is in this moment. When I one of the things I wrote down is if you go back to the very first time that Ang goes out to. to take on the spirit, Sokka runs out and says, we'll fight him together. And Aang even says, like, he gets cut off because Sokka gets thrown against a wall or something. He says, I don't want to fight him if I don't... And then he gets smacked up and gets knocked. But you already know that he, the physical violence, the need to combat with the spirit... Not going to help. Is not going to help. But it's also not what he wants to do. He is seeking to understand. And until he truly learns to understand and goes from that perspective not by, you know, making judgments on what the spirit is trying to do, but by truly trying to understand where the spirit is coming from, he ends up finding a solution. Oh, you're the spirit of the forest. You're upset because your forest is destroyed. My friend gave me an acorn, here's one for you. It can grow back. And monster turns back into a panda walks through the gates of the village, bamboo immediately grows in its place and our villagers get returned. Um, but it's that, it goes back to instead of making snap judgments, instead of acting off of the first story that Aang could have told himself about the spirit, he seeks to understand and is able to find a solution because of it. Well, and I think we so
0: often assume agency is that we have to com- be combative. We have to go to war we have to and that's the extreme but like we have to essentially metaphorically go to war right we have to be combative we have to attack when really if we had just been choose chosen curiosity over criticism yeah if we had simply embraced the unknown by asking questions to seeking to understand that is so much more powerful sometimes than taking action, because it's taking action in a way that allows you to come to the table that doesn't provoke defensive behavior, Yeah, right? And I just think that we have, I feel called to make sure that we approach these situations where we feel combative to take a step back and to say, what am I missing here? What, are, what accountability do I have in this? What are the questions that I can ask that will help me understand the situation from their perspective?
1: Yeah, and let's find a solution through those means. Yeah. Um, one of the other so we get this, and at the end the villagers are so happy, and they ask, and well, "What can we do to help?" And Sokka goes, uh, "We need supplies." And Sokka gets a little bit like, "Hey, like, don't don't ask for stuff." And Sakka from Katara, yeah, yeah, and and he goes. They asked, like, and we need stuff. Yeah. And so he's willing to ask for help. So two things in that. One, how often do we tell tell people, like, hey, if you need anything, let me know, with no intention of actually ever doing that if someone says anything? Or are we on the receiving end of that when we say, someone tells us, if you need anything, let me know. And we go, yeah, absolutely. And we need stuff, but we don't let them know. You know know what? That brings me back to, I think think we've talked about this before, but the idea of, like, Southern
0: hospitality. Mm -hmm. Of, like oh, well, I mean, like, here, you eat all the food. They eat plenty. And I'm like, I don't don't want to eat your food. When really, they're like, oh, no, please eat the food, right? Oh, it's great. It's delicious. But it's one of those things where, like, as a general rule, like, people offer, you know, oh, come in, have a cup of tea. Oh, no, I don't want to intrude, right? And so there's this whole thing where, like, really, I want the cup of tea. Yeah. Right? I would love to come in and not, but, like, there's this, like, balance of, like, the social pressure of like, no, I should say no here. No, I should say yes here. How, like, how do we do that? And that's a prime example of like, they need it. Sokka feels no shame about asking that question. He says, we just saved this village. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, and so, and then like, it was an honor. If we take him at, uh, if we take the village elder at what he says for face value, it was an honor to serve the avatar and yeah. to give him what he needs.
1: Yeah, right? Because now he's got to go to the Fire Nation. And now he's got to... I mean, he tells them we got to go to the Crescent Island. Well, it's just like,
0: how often are we affected by these social pressures that prevent or allow our agency? Yeah, we don't take
1: action because we are afraid of the social constructs that are around the situation. Well, it's like Katara's shame around asking for
0: help made it so that she didn't feel, and I wonder how often she has not asked for help when she's wanted to, or needed to, and how much resentment that has bred in her. And I just, I think that's
1: interesting. Yeah, it's it's a, it was one of the first things that when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, that's interesting, the fact that, how that played out. But they got the supplies they needed because they were out of food. Yep. Like we saw that at the very beginning, they were out of food. And, well, and I think it's really interesting
0: because then Aang tells them that says, hey, y'all, bad news or g- good news I, f- I know what we need to do now bad news it's in the Fire Nation right right and so they're all like uh 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 nah, we don't that's not worth it right and so Aang feels a lot of agency and urgency around taking that action whereas they're like no 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 no, no. the the costs far outweigh the benefits
1: and so... I don't think they do. But we will, we'll, we'll, we'll find we'll out. We'll have dive into that later. Before we move on to our next segment, do you have anything else you would like to share about this episode? Yeah, the only thing I think we skipped over was the final uh, scene with Zuko and Iroh where
0: they duke it out with the Earth guys. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, the line is, you can't do anything about this. You're outnumbered. And then Iroh responds with, yes, well, you are clearly outmatched. Yes. Right? And so... I find it interesting that again, we find that their confidence in their abilities, they are so such competent firebenders that not and not just firebenders, but fighters in general mm-hmm. that it doesn't like matter that there's it's five against five or six against two, right, right? They're able to take that on and they feel like it was a joke to put those guys into down. So I think it's interesting.
1: Well, and no, specifically about that scene when Zuko comes in and kicks the stone out of the way, he turns and he kicks with his heel. The chain. The chain. And so I wrote down how strong are Zuko's feet because he bro- he literally broke like a or metal chain. Or how weak are those chains? In which case, yeah, if that's the case, <laughs> Iroh should have been able to.
0: Well and I wonder if... I
1: bet you he could have burned those chains off of him anyways, like we've seen burns chain oh, and yeah, stuff like that. Clearly, so, but, like... but Zuko shatters chain with his heel kick. Yeah. <laughs> like And I wonder maybe he has, Maybe he
0: has like a like heel like a metal cutter on his heel that we're just not aware of where maybe. he cuts metal and it's like but we don't see cut metal, we see like shattered yeah. chains. So like, I don't know, man, maybe he's like super just like maybe benders are strong in general.
1: Yeah. Or maybe these people are just, really strong so yeah that's what I, that's the only other thing I wanted to share was Zuko must have very strong feet I think it was a weak chain that's my
0: suspicion or maybe it was an earth chain that was like not quite metal but like it was easily
1: malleable and controllable by earth benders and so that's I'm gonna go with that so it was like a, a stone chain something like that huh interesting theory well we will be right back we're gonna talk through um, agency with a lens of fire Um, For our final thoughts in just a moment, so stick around. again we're looking at things uh, it is a fire week and we're looking at our final thoughts through agency and how that makes with a fire in the element of fire think about for you too you're going to hear ours but think about what you would do as well yeah absolutely and for me i think one of the things that comes out of this week um i really like iroh's approach and teaching trust and his agency and doing enough To make sure that he is still building up things in Zuko um and showing trust in Zuko and I and I work with a a team of wonderful people and I think for me going into this week figuring out a way of how I can be intentional and inspiring them um and making sure that I am taking action but my actions are setting them up for success not trying to take control of everything and and giving them the power to do that I think is something that I really want to do this week is how do I help lift others up um, and take action to support them, but also not do everything for them and give them a chance to be successful and, and learn that that competence. Yeah, and I think that's the, a really good role for a supervisor
0: as well, is how do we make sure that we're supporting our staff? And one of the ways that we do that is by teaching them to be confident in their abilities. And the way that we do that, as we are learning through this podcast- <laughs> it's by is, letting them do it. Is by letting them do it, one, but also like breeding that competence And the way that we do that is by experiential learning, it seems, and so it's interesting. One of the things that is really cool that that just brings up for me before I share is the organization that both you and I have worked for is the YMCA, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that they have a a learning model for how they want staff to take things on, and 70% of that is on-the-job learning right 20% is through coaching 10% is through intentional training and classes learning, classes like that, books yeah. etc and i think that this is a really applicable thing here and what we're seeing from iro is there's a lot of on the job learning but it's also like this like pseudo coaching where it's like i'm going to set this path for you but not like i'm going to lead this horse to water but i'm not going to force him to drink and i find it interesting so, yeah, and it works and clearly, so, right? Yeah. What about for you? So for me, I am thinking about what came up for me is like where are the places in my life that I sometimes don't feel agency because that's that's where I want to focus. And what came up for me is that sometimes I I feel burnt out about work. And for me, I think that like there are times when I just I love everything about my job and then there are times when i'm like oh my god this is too much and it's a lot of nights and weekends etc and i don't need to paint a picture about why but moral of the story is i struggle with burnout sometimes and i'm thinking through a lens of fire like how do i ignite the inspiration to take action about doing that and about about fixing that and not just like wallowing in my misery or my disgruntledness for that time and like how do i take action around setting boundaries that will help me live a more healthful life and a healthy work life integration how will do i create some agency through and through this like ignition mm-hmm.
1: right does that make sense yeah even if that's just asking for help or even if that's yeah. like it's doing the different things we talked about but it is kind of saying What do you need to do? Because how often do we feel stuck in something? Work, fitness. Oh, God. (laughs) Like life. I wanted to learn how to play guitar by now. I wanted to plant a garden and start growing my own vegetables. Or I wanted to start living waste-free or like all of these different things. I can
0: continue to keep talking myself down or I can find the inspiration to do something about it. And I can light that fire and figure out how to light that fire in me and that's that's what i'm gonna be focusing on this week is how do i light that fire one but also how do i keep it lit and so that it's something that i can revisit and continue to nourish myself off of rather than either letting it go out of control
1: or letting it go out well it's almost i think of there's the story of these two warriors that had to both had wanted to be the the chief of their tribe right you know the story i'm talking about and one is they both get a torch and the goal is or they've got to take their torch to the top and get uh, their it lit and then they've got to bring it back down to the village to start this fire and they go up and they both get their torches lit and one warrior um passes this woman who needs help um with her kitchen and he but he's got to get down to the the bottom of the village and then they pass um you know somebody else who needs to find something and doesn't have any light to do it and so and the second warrior goes through and he's helping all these people along the way and because he is re-blowing into his kindling because he is helping others and, and starting fires there it continues to let it grow so almost that that sense of finding the way to reignite those things over and over again allows it to keep it going um and if you don't even sometimes when it feels like work, like if you're not finding ways to reignite it. Well, and I
0: think about it in terms of, there's a really cool Venn diagram out there that talks about like aligning your strengths, the mission, the, uh, oh God, what was it? Your passion and something else. There was a fourth one that I'm not remembering but it's a really cool Venn diagram where they you have to have all four of these things to feel like you are like in a good place yeah when in your work environment right and so i i think that oftentimes i lose sight of the why i'm doing this yeah. and it takes one really tough moment with one of my kids where all of a sudden i remember like this is why i'm doing what i'm doing it's for this moment and they're fleeting right but how do I create more of that? How do like, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of, like, how do I
1: reignite and keep that passion going? Mm-hmm. Over and over again. And it's yeah. hard. That's interesting. What are y'all as the listeners going to do? What are you going to do this week to add a little agency into your life to take control, to do what you need to do on whatever that look, looks like for you? But let us know. You can reach out to us at um, the Archivee on Twitter, or on Instagram. Instagram, Or you can email us about your stories and your experiences with these episodes um, at uh, thearcavia@gmail.com. The e. yeah. Thearcavia@gmail.com, And so please do that. We will read our favorites on air um, over future episodes. But yeah, please share those with us. Um, and thats it's been a wonderful episode. Thanks for spending time with me today and doing this. You know, I really enjoy it. We're going to come back next week for episode 8 winter solstice part 2 avatar roku and we're going to look at that through a lens of recklessness interesting interesting and so do not miss that be back next week for that once again i am sunshine mayfield this has been pruitt and this has been bending not breaking thank you for listening okay bye (laughs)